following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, October 24th, 2017, season 13, episode number 60. Welcome to another edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. It's a big picture Tuesday. We're going to talk about the NFC East. We're going to talk about the NFC. I got a lot of questions for these guys about what's happening right now in the NFC and how the Cowboys fit into this picture because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of teams that are kind of lurking around and uh, not really, other than one team, not really a team that's kind of separating themselves from the pack. So we'll talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. They are that one team that seems to be separating themselves a little bit, not statistically, not as far as the record is concerned, but definitely looking the part. Uh, so we'll talk about that and uh, and get some opinions from you guys. What is it, what's it, how's everybody doing this morning? We're doing great. Everybody in the group is doing great. Good. You're speaking for everybody? This yes. No. Yes. Dave, are you doing good? I'm okay. You know what's funny? I think one day I want, um, as we start the show, I want the camera to isolate on David as I'm talking, because he's always giving like these really weird facial looks. Like he'll start, yeah, he'll start like with that little sly grin, and then he'll kind of look like, "What are you talking about?" And then he'll kind of go into another, yeah, like that little <laughs> where he blows a little bit of air into his, his cheeks, and yeah, he does all these different facial. And I don't know what he's thinking. Most I wish time, I could know what he was thinking. Most but. of the time, it's got nothing to do with anything you're saying. You were just so far over in left field. Uh, yeah. How many people do you think he, like, I feel like the vast majority of people that listen or watch mainly listen. Like, I they don't do. think that many people even know. Some that. do. Some, uh, you'll be surprised. How no, many I know watch, some people do, but I think the vast majority of our listeners just do audio. They do. So They do. You know, the ridiculous faces I make over the course of the show don't really matter. That Although that much. would give them a reason to want to tune in and actually watch. Or not. I don't Maybe. know how many people <laughs> want to see that, but... Sorry. Like It'd be a, good comedy. I'm a daydreamer. That's pretty much, you know. That's good to know cuz at least now I know that it's not Sometimes though, some like I I did do it just now cuz you were like, well, the Eagles aren't really distancing themselves with their record and I'm like, what? They're 6 and 1. They're one game ahead of a couple other teams in the NFC. I mean, it's not like they're they've blown the doors off in the, ahead no, of everybody else. I mean, they're one game ahead of the Vikings. They have the best record in football. Yes, that's great. All right. They're one game ahead of the Vikings, so it's okay. They it, the they're not so far in front where they can't be caught. De- depending, like, by who? <laughs> by it, well, I mean, are you talking, two and about, a half games. Are you talking about the Cowboys? Well, let's Cowboys talk about that. Cowboys played them twice. Right, so and they're they two can and a half handle games. Them, so they yeah. can, if they really want to. They handle their business. They uh, can catch them. I agree with that to a point, but, but you know. Good start. Just to play devil's advocate, like, you know, the, the Cowboys beat – Philly twice, but it kind of like the Giants. If the Cowboys beat the Philly twice, but don't handle their business against everybody else, it doesn't matter when you're True. when you're talking about a team that's winning, you know, six games in a row or no, five games in a row, whatever it is. Yeah. So anyway, but let's let's talk about Philadelphia because last night we saw them play against the the Redskins. They win that game, and to me, yeah, it was this is what what I was talking about last week when I was talking about this team, like just offensively and defensively. They look the part. I mean, they are explosive offensively. That quarterback, come on, some of those plays he made where he got out of trouble and then threw the ball downfield. I mean, it's just you see his strength, his ability to throw the ball kind of at a whim. He just seems like he just flicks it, and it goes down the field 20, 30 yards. 
it, it that team looks pretty scary. And then you look at the defensive front and you look at that uh, those guys up front that can cause so much havoc. This looks like a really formidable team. Yep, they do look good. Uh, Carson Wentz, I thought. You know, everyone everyone knows how tall he is and how big he is, but I don't think even coming out of college, people thought he was going to be as mobile as as he has been. And the touchdown he threw, where he, I don't even know if he had any feet on the ground when he when he lofted it up there. I thought that was talking about the one to uh, Clement. Yeah, yeah. Where you know he he just kind of jumped and got hit and threw a perfect pass, and the it guy made perfect. a great catch. And you know his his receivers are are helping him out a little bit. I mean. He had a guy that was going to be a first-round bust, and now he's actually playing like a first-rounder. Aguilar. Aguilar. Yeah. So he's got he's got guys helping him, and and the defense is helping him, and then he's he's really good. He's 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 a much better athlete than I think people thought. I agree with that. Has your uh, opinion changed after last night on what you thought of Philly or Washington, Amber? No. <laughs> they've been they've been pretty good. I mean, Philly, they've I've expected them to be relatively good. Now the Redskins, I didn't really expect them to be three and three. Right now I thought they would be winning a little bit more. Um for the most part, I definitely did not expect the Cowboys to be tied with them right now with three and three. So that's definitely gonna be an interesting match to go up against them, and now we'll really see, or we'll be able to really see where the Cowboys are really standing and if they indeed improve in all those areas that we saw improvement in the game, sorry, in the game against the 49ers. So. Did your opinion change last night? Um, well, I, I thought that they handled a division opponent fairly well i mean i so that that's always an impressive win because you know you're expecting that game to be close and it was and that was the second time they played them too yeah they're they're done with um teams are done for the season yeah each other which seems weird to me does but i i'll say i'll say this though i don't know if this is kind of getting us in a different direction but this game coming up for the cowboys is the biggest game of the year in my opinion this is the game i know it's tuesday but this is the biggest game for them. It really is. I, I think this is the swing game. This will tell you where you're going to go. You're sitting right there in the intersection. Are you going to go straight? Are you going to go right? Or left? What are you going to do? Because this is the game. Because you got Kansas City and Atlanta coming up. If you think you're going to win both those games, we haven't seen that kind of consistency. So you got to win this game if, to get to four and three. Even if you split and get to five and four, that's good. And I know, I, I mean, that's. That's not great, but it's, it's the best you can kind of hope for, I think. So you've got to beat the Redskins. I mean, and I know there's no must-wins this early in the year, but this is, to me, as close as it gets to that. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Just when you – I don't know. You know yeah. and, and, and you know what? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll let you finish that. But I don't think it's that much out of the, the way of what we were talking about. Because of what Philadelphia is doing and because they're kind of up there – You've got to you've got to establish second place, and, and you got to you know you got to stay with them the best you can, and beating the Redskins and getting a division record and all that kind of stuff. 
that's why this me this is a, such a huge win and a huge game for them and the other part to that is now you're starting to think if if philly keeps winning mm-hmm. and they maintain this lead and all you do is let's say even just split with philly and they maintain that lead now you're looking at wild cards so those games become even more important the game against atlanta becomes extremely important yeah. the game against seattle becomes extremely important rams. these are teams yeah well you already lost that game right, the game and so NFC you start you keep, then you start rooting for the rams to keep winning because you want them to just go ahead and win that, division, that division so they're not in that wild card hunt but that's the point like now you have to really look at all those wild card teams and really those games become way more important and washington's right there in that mix with those wild card teams can't really afford to lose any nfc games going down here but well i, I was going to say i agree in the sense that you know i said last week that they're not going to make the playoffs if they lose the 49ers. So, all right, you handled <laughs> you handled the 49ers. That's good. This isn't going to be like a, you know, 10, 11 win season if you can't win. Like, if they can't win this game against the Redskins, then it just furthers that idea that this is, a, you know, 8-8 eight and eight type of trading wins and losses. You're never really digging out of that 500, sub-500 hole. Because, uh, yeah, I agree with uh, the, the I think – the best realistic expectation is a split with Atlanta and Kansas City. So you need this to kind of not lose too much ground in that department. So, you know, if you're trying to get to nine wins or better, this is the type of game you need to win. The one the one thing that looks really good for the Cowboys right now um, is when you start thinking about the, fit, the, the, the uh, injury situation. I went last night and I looked at each team's uh, injured reserve. I'm sorry, what were you about to say? Screw the injured reserve. Those teams got beat up last night. No, they did, and we'll get to that part too. But I, I want to just starting with the injured reserve part of this. Like right now, the Cowboys have five guys on injured reserve, and the guys like guys like Rico and and Stephen Paya and Charles Tapper and Duke Thomas and Zach Dysart. Like these are guys that weren't even your front line guys. But check this out: Philly has seven guys on on IR. They've got Darren Sproles, who was a their lead running back. They've got Caleb Sturgis, who is their kicker, which Cowboys are dealing with a kicker situation, but he's not on injured reserve. Um, and then last night they lose Jason Peters, who is their uh, Pro Bowl left tackle. They don't know how long yet. There are some conflicting reports this morning as to whether it's a torn ACL or not. But either way, he's going to miss some time, and that's significant time for a left tackle. Judging by the way he was carted off, it was almost like you would assume, yeah, goodbye forever. Right. So th- that's that's the Eagles. Then Washington lost their first round pick, Jonathan Allen, to, to injured reserve. Their kicker, Dustin Hopkins, is also on injured reserve. Last night, their Pro Bowl guard, uh, Brandon Sheriff, goes down with an injury. Don't know the extent of that one just yet. They lost another one of their tackles late in the game. Trent Williams didn't finish the game, so three mm. of their top. Offensive linemen got hurt in the game last night, including some of the guys they already have on IR. What about and Norman? Norman's out right now, but I heard last night they said there's a possibility he, he can play this week. Yeah, yeah. you don't yeah. have commercial. I wasn't believing he was going to miss a game. You don't games, have a but. commercial with another guy on another team hey. back and forth, and then he has a commercial, and then you miss the game. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to probably play, Unless but we'll see how that goes. Somebody knows something else about – you know these guys staying i think they said on monday night football last night that like jay gruden was just like yeah trent williams probably isn't going to practice again this year yeah i heard he's that. you know he's just going to be a game time type of deal Assume, sounds like the left tackle here assuming he didn't get hurt too badly at the tail end right there. i mean right. they lost and yeah i don't know the significance but they lost four offensive linemen of significant of significance over the course of that game last night so yeah. That's what I'm looking at. And that on a short week, that'll yeah. be interesting to see how that plays out. And then, obviously, the Giants, we've already seen them get platooned 
Um, I'm sorry, I had to use that word again. Uh, we've already seen <laughs> we've already seen them <laughs> get damaged by the fact that they lost their best player, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, and then lost Brandon Marshall, and then lost Dwayne Harris. These are all that basically that's their wide receiver. That's three of their top four wide receivers. So are you their return guy? Our time's coming. No, what I'm saying is right now, as it sits, and we know this about the foot, the NFL, injuries are a part of the game. Right now, as it sits, the Cowboys sit in a very good position because they haven't had those kinds of big injuries to key players that have kept them out for the rest of the season. Now, they've had some injuries they've had to deal with, but it's been two, three, four games. It has not been eight games. It has not been IR. Um, so I think for right now, you probably are going to experience some injuries at some point, but for right now, Cowboys are sitting in a pretty good position. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, was a, I don't know. It was a hell of a spin job right there, like my washing machine. How's that a spin job? It's fact. Like I, I, like, I don't know. Like How's that spin? By the, by the time you it – is, it's all factual. You're right. But by the time you were done talking, I would have thought the Cowboys are in first in the division right now. No. All it no. says is right now, in the in, as far as injuries are concerned, they're in a good position. Yeah. And that's a good thing for the Cowboys. It doesn't mean they're going to win games because I saw a, Phil, a, a Green Bay team. What was that? And it was the year they went to the Super Bowl. They had like 17 guys on IR. Yeah. So it doesn't mean because you have a, a lot of guys on IR you can't go. But – it also depends on those guys that are the who are the guys that are that are on IR. Who are the guys that you're missing? Like Green Bay, I don't factor Green Bay anymore because I just don't think they can do it without that quarterback. That's a heck of a philosophical question. Would you rather be six and one and coping with some serious injuries, or three and three healthy with the potential to kind of? I mean, you like have, a run? Yeah, you have all the guys you need to do that. You know, the, another factor of this is. This we're going to start to see some of these games change a little bit with the weather and get colder. And this is the team. The Cowboys are a team that's built for that. Obviously, the way they run the ball and the way their offensive line is and the way Dak's playing, and he's not really a big down-the-field thrower type. So, you know, I that's uh, you got to stay in position because you're going to get to a point in the season where you can – you know, I, I think a lot of injuries, it's not just cold weather, it's just injuries and stuff. You want to be able to grind games out. And so they do have the, the, the personnel to play that way, that physical style that I think they could maybe, you know, win some games down the stretch that maybe you maybe they you wouldn't think that they would. And there's nobody on the schedule that you, you say, oh, they can't beat them, not, not the Cowboys. Yeah. So that's it. But there's nobody on the schedule that you're like, they won't lose to them. That's, that team was just gone, 49ers. I, I wrote that in my column last week. Like, they just played the last game that you're, oh, like, you know, really, really confident. Chargers are one of the hottest teams Giants? in football. You're not confident about the Giants? No. Not, not a division no, no way. Game. No. Not at all? No. No way. Not on the, uh, a division game yeah. on the road in yeah. December against a team that has had success against them and has shown nothing as else recently, to play for. As recently as last Ed week, Egan. they beat Denver. I mean, no. No. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't. That, that game seems no, Derek, how you really no. feel, right? I mean, no, I don't. Chargers, Chargers aren't in the same boat. Like, they're have you seen Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa this they're year? They're starting to play now. Those no, guys, I, are I know they're terrifying. a pretty good team, they're a pretty good team, but they, there is not a game. The, the crazy left. part is they're probably going to be the last team in their division. And oh, yeah, but they, it's a pretty good division. There's not, not an easy out. Yeah. There's not a game left on this schedule that I'm just like, that should be a win. There, there isn't one. I looked, yeah, it, you were searching, yeah. I'm not I'm saying I'm obviously like they're going to win games. Obviously, like they're not going to finish three and thirteen. And there I, are no guarantees. None. Although last Dude, week, I don't think I don't think there were guarantees last week. Last week when we were talking about that team, we were even saying like this team hasn't hey. lost by a lot. Do the, you know? do the Redskins play on Thanksgiving? Should, uh, do the Redskins like I don't know that off the top? Of do the Redskins what play on Thanksgiving? I doubt it. I don't think so. 
I mean, I don't know if they play Detroit, and I don't know if they play that night game. Yeah, I don't. Because all I'm saying is, is then that means that they would have to go back on a short week. Yes. When the Cowboys play Thursday night, and then twice to, they have to go on a short on a short week against the Cowboys. I think so. Unless they play they, the twenty third against the Giants. What so is that? Is that, so is they, that a Thursday? Play two Thursday they, games so in a row. They, so yeah, they do play Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. So, so I was just thinking that then that they had to have a short week to come and play that Thursday game. Then that would be a game I think the Cowboys, you know, you would think would, would should be able to win. But you know, division games are all up in the air, anyways. You never know. I, I'll rephrase. Yeah, San Francisco was a should win. Got it. There, there aren't any more should wins. There's like can wins now. You know, but it's a slight difference, I think. Usually, those ends up in 500 seasons. I'm just saying, they got their work cut out for them, man. There's no way around that. You know, this- so do you do you think though if 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 they play to the point where let's assume for a second that what we saw at the end of the Green Bay game and what we saw last week suggests that they are starting to figure this thing out from the standpoint of their running game. If they're off, that change your opinion about whether there are games that are left on the schedule that they should win. Playing that style of football, if they're playing at their best, does that change your opinion about games that they should win down the stretch? Yes. Yeah. I think so, but and I'm not going to give them that benefit of the doubt. They got to show me more than a game and a quarter. A, a game right? and a quarter. Yeah. A game against the 0 and 7 team. Right. And a quarter in a game that they lost. Right. I need a little more than that. I'm with you, but if they do get it rolling like that, then sure. Because as we saw them roll them off last year, like if you're yeah. playing that style of football, they can win some games. They can stack some games together. Yeah. You know, a lot of games. They, but they have some issues right now, though. I mean, this is these games are going to be close. There's going to be some some games down to the wire, and their security blanket that they've had for the last three or four years is not with them this week. And who knows after that? And I don't know when we want to talk about the kicking situation and all that. But um, I, I mean that these games will come down to the wire, and the Cowboys, to me, have the best, if not you know, definitely one of the best kickers in the league, and so. Something's going to have to give here in this next few weeks. Yeah, they have gotten very comfortable because they've had now for a yeah. lot of years, they've had a good kicker that, you know, you get within a 50-yard field goal yeah, and you're kicks. like, let's do it. Like, you don't even worry about it. As a, as a fan, as somebody watching and observing games, I don't even think twice about it. I'm like, who's going to make it? I'm surprised if he doesn't make it. And I remember a time when that was oh, yeah. the case. Like, there have been years, a lot of years here, where you didn't have that kind of kicker, and it looks like what you're going to have to deal with now for at least a week, and who knows how long after that. I would guess several. Yeah. So it's it's not going to – you're right. It's in close games where you're playing really good teams, that kind of stuff matters. Well, before we go to break, let's just say they've got workouts today. They've got um, – Bringing in well, Jason Myers, uh, Mike Nugent – I don't think that they wound up getting that young Hoku guy. Oh, they didn't. I don't think so. Um, and a, Sam Irwin and, and Sam Irwin Hill, who was here in training camp, and they're bringing oh, in Aguayo, which I think this is. Yeah, I was wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I still maintain why. Like, what do you stand to lose by bringing him in and taking a look at him? Like, no, there's nothing talented. With it. You're right. Um, You're both right. It's a move the Cowboys would do. It's yeah. a it's a Jerry Jones type of move. With what you said, We're, we don't need you to get it right here. Right. We, we we want. I need to, you to be right when you walk in the door, yeah. as right as you can be. Like I think, hell of a hell of a vote of not a vote of confidence. It's just funny to me that you know, long snapper is such a. It's the most overlooked job in the NFL. They're bringing in a guy. They're sign like they're bringing in a guy to do this workout, a long snapper to help with the workout because like LPs, you're like, nah, you don't. Hold, need to be hold on, that. hold on. I have to say this too. Do you know who? 
after Heath, you know who the kicker is? Yes, I do. LP Latticer. <laughs> That's... Can you imagine, just the visual of that makes me laugh. Like as big as he is, as tall as he oh. is, him back there like kicking field goal. That's going to look weird if I, you I, ever get to I that was point. telling some people, I was like, so you mean to tell me those bad chicken strips that I had at halftime of the 49ers game cost me a chance to watch him kick, do some <laughs> kicks at halftime? Yeah. Man, I missed that. No, um, something else. So, so shuffling around everything, you know, to, to get Jeff Swain would be your backup snapper. To, to Chris Jones, to LP. Which, also, what did we learn? Chris Jones is your fourth kicker on the team. Mm-hmm. At well, least, I don't even know. Maybe someone behind Heath and LP. We learned that I was right, didn't we? That, yeah. Well, according to right. Brian, which if you want to believe Brian, you know. I it makes know. sense that you don't want to mess with the guy's mechanics. That, that was on, what Brian said. Brian said that literally it is a situation where like coaches are afraid of messing with, because it is very different mechanics, they're afraid of messing with the mechanics of a punter having him also kick. And so that's why typically you also, your punter's not your backup kicker. You also don't have a holder if Chris Jones is the kicker. I mean, you got to find a new guy. I'm sure I'm, yeah. I'm sure those I'm, guys. Well, they're going to have to find a new guy to, to snap if I they know. have to get to that point. So Wouldn't Jason's thought is the snap is the most important thing. You don't get that. Then nothing right, happens. Yeah. So get the, get the guy that's been consistent for 13 years. Like, He's doing that. He's he's good there. Which goes back to my point that I like. He's so revered in this organization that they're like, nah, like we'll bring a guy in to do this workout. You you don't need to worry about. Go this. rest. Yeah. Well, you have Get this offensive rest. line, and you have Zeke, and you have a, a mobile quarterback. I, I'm not sure that a, a two point conversion isn't a better option than. A backup kicker kicking a thirty-four yard. You get you only have to you only have to get fifty percent of them in order to get the same points, right? So that's true. And fifty percent is the it's about forty eight percent is the conversion rate. Right. So you're and probably you're probably what, better 66%? off. The only thing I think would be kind of challenging is that now you're eating into those plays. I would assume that you would use usually in short yardage goal line situations because now you have to use them for extra points. And so now you're showing that maybe a little earlier in games and maybe you want to. Run it quarterback draw with a pass option. I don't care how many times you run it. Just like, keep running. It's unstoppable if you do it right. How many like how many times have they hey. done that and how many times has Dak not? When when they good point. when they That's put good point. on the first touchdown of the game, I had the binoculars on there and I, they spread three receivers out and then one to the left, and I was just looking at it like this is a touchdown. Like there's no way that whoever's over the right guard, there's no way that that they're going to stop them and it was pretty easy so that's what i think you gotta do spread them out and then let dak just figure out that that i mean that was a touchdown or the two-point conversion against the packers in the playoffs they did it against the rams still they had that penalty on on travis frederick but i still think that that's almost unstoppable they picked up a third down in san francisco doing it Mm -hmm. that's yeah Yep. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to ask these guys a question about uh, about the rest of the NFC and who scares you. We're going to talk a little bit about the rest of the teams Bears. that are in the mix and uh, and how much the Cowboys should be uh, worried about particular, particular teams. And also look at the quarterbacks from those teams. What quarterbacks are still left in this thing that could pose big problems? Uh, because of their ability to score. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8 with an infinity edge-to-edge screen that's perfect for entertainment. We want... 
exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and after TV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back it's the second segment of the break live in the swbc mortgage studios at the star we're talking nfc east and the nfc um cowboys an interesting position they're at three and three right now and there are right now there are one two three four five six seven teams uh that have a better record than they do in the nfc um and then there are two other teams that have the exact same record they do. There's a total of 10 teams that are at 500 or above. Cowboys at the bottom of that list. Name them. So here's what you got. You got Seattle at 4-2. and two. You got New Orleans at 4-2. and two. You got Minnesota at 5-2. and two. You got the Rams at 5-2. and two. You got the Eagles at 6-1. and one. You got Carolina at 4-3. and three. Green Bay at 4-3. and three. Uh, Those are all the teams that are above the Cowboys. And then tied with the Cowboys, you have Detroit at 3-3. Three and three, And you have Washington at 3-3. Three and three. Looking at all those teams... Which of those teams do you think is the biggest, has the biggest, uh, and we've already talked about the Eagles, so let's leave the Eagles out for a second. Looking at just the NFC picture without the Eagles involved, assuming that they, let's assume that they're going to just kind of be up there. Who are the other teams here that you think are legitimate threats uh, to win and represent the NFC in Super Bowl? What did you say Carolina's record is? Carolina is four and three. They lost two in a row. Yeah. Uh, I actually just got in an argument about this because, and... Minnesota is leading the NFC North. They have a nasty defense. Their their running game has been solid, which is impressive since Dalvin Cook went down with a torn ACL. That's with Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. I just don't I don't take them as seriously as maybe I should because I don't either. Sam Bradford's been out all for most of the year. Case Keenum's played well, but you know, and then Case Keenum. Teddy Teddy Bridgewater's supposedly back, but it's way too early for me to assume that he's going to be what he was. Um, so I'm interested because, you know, I, I just, again, I always, maybe I give too much respect to the quarterbacks because 
I don't care what else was wrong with Green Bay. I'm I was I'm rolling with them if Aaron Rodgers is in the game. And in a similar vein, I look at Detroit as a team to watch in that division just because they have Matt Stafford and he's typically capable of putting his team on his back that way. Um Philly, I you know, I I think I had a pretty good idea of what they were heading into that game, but they just reemphasized that honestly, their defense I think is the best part about them, but when Carson Wentz plays like that, they certainly look like the best team in the conference right now. I think the team that's looking pretty good is um, the Saints. They they and they have obviously have a quarterback that that you can feel can go out and score points, outscore anybody. Uh, they seem kind of balanced uh, with with some good uh, running attack and their defense. I don't know. It just seems like they're they're being you know opportunistic and making some plays. So. They, they to me though that I don't mean I know the Cowboys don't face them, but they they seem like somebody is going to get in the mix here. Oh yeah, and well, actually they are in the mix. You know, we've mean. got we've got Good Morning Football on the TVs in here. I, Peter Schrager said like last week that they're set up to go on a run mainly because they're playing well, but also their schedule. Like they got the Packers the week after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I think they have the Bears this week, which I know they just beat the Panthers, but you would think that they can the get a win there. They've got a chance to put it together to the point where they're like seven and two if they play well having said that I don't trust that defense like they they have Cameron Jordan and they got a couple other guys but like that's that's not a defense that strikes fear in your heart especially like the way Philly does I mean Fletcher Cox uh Timmy Jernigan those corner you know Ronald Darby Jalen Mills are playing well Malcolm Jenkins is one of the better safeties in the league that Philly's defense I think is what makes them so formidable whereas the saints i think if the cowboys were to play the saints i mean you're probably talking about like a 35 31 type of game i just i don't know you know that's the interesting thing about this is when you look at all of the teams that are left in the nfc that are in that 500 or above category in my opinion there are only two teams that you think are balanced and when i say balanced i mean balanced not only from a standpoint of being able to run or pass but also has plays good defense I think it's the Rams, and I think it's the Eagles. Um, those are really the only two teams that you look at across the board and you say, man, they got good pieces everywhere. They can do a lot of those things really well, at least in what they've shown so far this season. I don't think you can find another one that has like enough, like it, in all three of those different categories, does them equally well. I was about to say, you know, okay, so the Rams beat the Cowboys to improve to 3-1, and one, and the talking point was, all right, they look really good, but they started 3-1 last year and finished 4-12. and They followed that win up by losing in a defensive game to the Seahawks. And then I think they've won two games since. They beat Jacksonville, whatever, and they beat the crap out of Arizona and London. Um, they're 5-2. and two. They certainly look re- – like, basically, I'm wondering, is it time to take them seriously as – I mean, obviously, they're going to be in the playoff hunt regardless. But, I mean, is this a team that could win the West and be a, you know, a top two seed in the in the NFC? Because it, it kind of looks that way right now. You yeah. would think if Carson Wentz was drafted second overall, that whoever was taken first, that they would look at and go, man, we could have had him. But Goff is playing well enough where I'm sure they don't really think that. I mean, some in the organization probably do. But, you know, I they, they both are – two of the best young quarterbacks in the league. So it's and, it, Dax for, and Dax in there too. I mean, well, yeah, that's the interesting thing. You look at the quarterbacks that are in this mix 
there's a bunch of young talent in this in these teams as far as the quarterback position is concerned. I don't know if I've seen this much, this many young quarterbacks performing well. Because when you think about it, you've got uh, Goff, you've got Prescott, you've got Wentz. Um, these are all relative, really young guys. You got Wilson, who's not an old guy. Like he's kind of right there at that point in his career when he should be getting to kind of the peak of his career, or at least getting to the point where he's hitting his stride in that peak, right? Um, Drew Brees is really the only established long-term veteran quarterback that's in these ten teams. You got uh, Rogers already out, which you assume it's going to be for the year. Don't but forget, I mean, I, I get they're five hundred, but I mean, Matt Ryan's still hanging around. Yeah, right. I'm sorry, Matt Ryan. You're and, right, Matt and Ryan. Stafford, and and, yeah. and Matt Ryan and Staff Stafford. I don't know. Like right now, Matt Ryan's having some struggles. Like their oh, their offense is not playing great. Team. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess from the standpoint of just how you look at the quarterbacks that are left. You usually look at the quarterbacks and say, give me the best quarterback, especially when you get to the playoffs and I'm going to ride. I think that guy's probably going to take his team as far as it can go. But I think in this case, I don't know that the quarterback – I mean, these quarterbacks are really unproven. So you really don't know. Other than Breeze, you really don't know what you're getting. Even for the guys that have had some success like Ryan and Newton, you still don't know because they're playing so inconsistent this year. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I you think back to five or six years ago, I guess 2012 was when – Russell Wilson came onto the scene and like you could kind of see that the Seahawks had the makings of this team that was going to be formidable for the foreseeable future well you're kind of seeing that uh you know shift in the power dynamic in the NFC because you know the the Cowboys have a new quarterback they I mean they're completely remade from what they were even five years ago uh the Eagles look like they've got it figured out for the next little bit uh, the Rams, which the Rams haven't been a team that anybody was worried about in 15 years. Um, and then uh, even, you know, I, I like I just said, I'm not impressed by their quarterbacks right now, but I think you probably throw the Vikings in there too with, you know, what they've managed to build with their defense. Um, so I know, you know, Drew Brees and some of those guys are still kicking around, but like there's a new – there's a new bunch of these teams with these young players that are kind of on the come up right and now. And most of them start with the quarterback position. It always does. Most of them always. start with the quarterback I mean, position. The, the Seahawks had that defense for a couple of years before Russell Wilson showed up. You yeah. need the quarterback before you become a contender. Where would you put Prescott right now in that list of quarterbacks? I'm going to run them down for you again. Um, you've got Breeze. You've got Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, uh, Wentz, Prescott, Stafford, Goff, Bradford, I'm not going to throw Hundley in there, although he's a starting quarterback in one on one of those teams. And then you got Ryan. Where would you put him, kind of in that mix? That's tough, man. I uh, probably, you know, somewhere in the middle. the The thing about about Dak that that's kind of tough to evaluate, and it's a good thing for the for the Cowboys, is that they don't have to lean on him as much as some of these other quarterbacks do, and and that's why. You know, his stats, we, I mean, I don't know if it's still up there. I mean, we're looking at some of the TVs that have his stats right next to Carson Wentz. Uh, he doesn't have the passing yards. I think stats are pretty the same, pretty much well, as far as touchdowns interceptions. Well, he's got 600 more passing yards, Wentz does, because he doesn't have – he didn't have the, the leading rusher in the league um, that he was playing with. But Dak's got 11 more touchdowns, you know, in, in passing and, of course, in, in running. So um, it, it, it is hard to, to evaluate that. I, I think – I think he's he's right in the middle of the pack. Um, they haven't he hasn't had to go win games all the time, but he did a couple times last year where he needed to go down and, and win and drive, and he and he was able to do that. So 
I don't know if this is a cop-out or a hot take. I can't tell, which is weird. But of that list, there's like you, – you can't definitively say Dak is better than a lot of those guys, but – I think only like two of those guys are definitively better than him. Right. That's why I was going to go with the question. Brees. Like, who's better? Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer, and he's in that rare category where you're just like, all right, he's on my team. We got a good chance to win. He's, yeah. I mean, he's in the Aaron Rodgers category. Who else? Ryan. I, I mean, he won. You put Ryan up there? He won NFL MVP. Like, he's a, he's really good. And I mean, Cam has won NFL the MVP that's, too, right? Yeah, but Cam has like just this horrifying body of, Roller coaster rides. Yeah, where Matt Ryan has, Matt Ryan doesn't. He's been Matt had a great year last year. He's had a great career. His career too. None, during his career, he's been up and down. I think not he, on the level of a not Cam like Newton. Cam. Not where he's turning the ball. It's hard over. to say Dak is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. No, I, and I'm not. I'm not nice making that claim. But I think that if you're going to say that that Cam Newton is no. is a roller coaster type quarterback, no. I think you have to say a similar no. thing. About I don't Matt have. Ryan. I don't have the stats on last Cam, year. Matt but, Ryan had a great year. There have been a lot of years before that where we'll Matt go, Ryan was kind of up and down. We'll go tally it up and find, like, the number of games over their careers where they've both had, like, two or more turnovers. And I bet you it'll be vastly more. Well, if we're just talking about turnovers, if we're going to isolate the stat of turnovers, like, maybe so. But like, Matt Ryan is either pretty good or great. Like, he, like, he's not usually awful. Like, Cam Newton can be great, but he can also be, like, so bad. Like, unbelievably bad. Matt Ryan is never unbelievably bad. I think it's a hard comparison. Matt Ryan doesn't lose to a Bears team that completes four passes. Like, that would not happen. That's not going to happen. That's historic. That, that's okay. Yeah. That's historic. I'll, I think but, I think you, and I know Nick won't like this, but I think you probably throw Stafford in there, too. No, I mean, Stafford is better than Matt. I mean, better than Stafford Dak Stafford right is, is definitively a better quarterback than Dak right now. In terms of what he can do, the t- like, he, you know, like I said, Matt, or Matt Stafford can put his team on his back and get a win. Yeah. Um, you agree yeah, with that? Nick? Yeah, I do. I, and I'm not that like sour on Matt on Matt Stafford. I mean, he he does throw the ball a lot. He has a lot of stats. I think sometimes those stats are a little bit misleading. They're a very one-dimensional team and and that's not his fault. I mean, they need to to and they've tried to get some running back uh help in there, but um they don't scare you as much because of of that and you know, he lost a potential Hall of Fame player just who decided not to play anymore. I mean, yeah. his stats, their team could I be I thought he'd better. fall off after that. I actually, yeah. that's when I got a lot of respect for Matt. What he did the year after yeah. Megatron left, I got a lot of respect for him. I yeah. forgot one, too, actually, which um, Russell Wilson's career path gives me so much optimism and confidence for Dak because I think it's really similar. I mean, I agree. In the first two or so years of his career, Russell Wilson was doing the same type of stuff, and now you see him blossom into this, you know, three, four hundred yard guy who's dropping dimes and again can kind of carry his team. He doesn't have the supporting cast that he did when he was younger, um, but he's developed as a pocket passer and a pure quarterback <laughs> to the point where you would put him up there. So I probably put him above Dak right now too. But I mean, that's the what? That's four guys in the NFC, and I put. I mean. Dak, Goff, Wentz, um, who am I forget? Cousins, like all. I mean, I think they're all kind of right there together. I think Dak is just as good, if not better, than any of those guys. Yeah, and actually, what you said about Russell Wilson is the reason why. When I look at it, this entire list in the NFC, I actually think Seattle's still the team to beat. I think their defense is far and away better than any other defense on this list. And I think that that, like you said, Russell Wilson, he he's getting to that point in his career where 
He doesn't really need, he can actually carry the offense. They don't need a running game to do a whole lot. He can carry the offense. He can score points. Um, he can put up points in bunches too. And so, and he has that ability to run. He has ability to throw. It's the fascinating thing about the NFL though. Like Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl when, you know, he was making $600,000 a year and that whole team was loaded with talent. And now, and Tony Romo probably saw that and hated it. And now Russell Wilson's getting older and he's Tony Romo. Cause I mean, they still have the talent on defense, but like he is a one man show on offense. Yeah. I mean, they don't have an offensive line. They've got a, a committee doesn't even do justice to their running back situation. It's yeah. like a different guy. Every Rawls would be better, but, and then, I mean, Jimmy Graham's there, but, and, and Doug Baldwin's a really good player, but it's not, I mean, it's not anything worth getting excited about, especially if you can't block the other team's defense. Yep. yep. So somehow they're they're making that work and they're putting up points. They put up twenty four against the the Giants last week, and that's a good defense that that the yeah. Giants have there. So, um, yeah, I think that I think the they're still the team I look at as the team to beat in the NFC at least for right now. We'll see how it all plays out down the stretch. Let's get some questions. You guys, give us a call. The number is two one four. 872-2102. Again, it is 214-872-2102. We're going to take a break and we'll come back with some questions. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have TV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having thanksgiving without the cowboys basically we wouldn't recommend it so next time you have a tailgate home gate or whatever else kind of gate grab some ice cold dr pepper for you and your friends to enjoy it's a dallas cowboys tradition dr pepper the one you crave it can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters you search how to build savings you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller that's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. And Nick, it's your turn. Tommy John gives you the feeling of freedom where it counts. With over 3 million pairs sold, we put in the hustle to make sure that you're nestled. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Thank you, Nick. Welcome. Actually, I saw yesterday, I think, was it you on the show? Was that you on the show, Dave, that said, 
uh, you wonder how many people have listened to this. And yeah, somebody uh, tweeted me yesterday. You saw that? Like, oh, I, guys, like me. I finally broke down. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, I was. I wanted to reply. I'm, I'm happy for you and your boys, but I thought that might be yeah. a little bit inappropriate. <laughs> Would you guys say that we just kept that Tommy John segment brief? See what you did. No, you know what I mean. I see what you did. I'm trying to say. I see what you did there. Yeah, I hate myself too. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get into some questions. We'll take calls 214-872-2102. We'll also take questions on Twitter at Cowboys Break. We'll start first. Oh, like boxer briefs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that look, Cameron. She's like, Like, seriously. Thank you, Nick. (laughs) Got it. Let's take a call from Landon in Houston. Landon, what do you have? Hey, thanks for taking my call. First off, um, uh, this is like my second time getting on here. Uh, enjoy y'all shows, and uh, like I said, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. But I have a question. Um, a lot of people were saying at the beginning of the season that Zeke was kind of out of shape and slow and not looking himself, which I can see that. But do you think was it because he was out of shape coming to the season? Or do you think it was because he had, you know, all those things on his mind, all the uh, all, all, all issues was on his mind because against uh, San Francisco, he looked like the same Zeke from 2016. So that was my question. And I also got a fun fact for you guys. I don't know if you know this, but Brandon Carr has three picks. <laughs> thanks for taking my call. <laughs> all right. Thanks for the call. I did know that because people update me about it every time. That's fun. <laughs> He's got three picks in seven games with the Ravens. He had three picks in his final 53 games with the Cowboys, I believe. 53? Somebody tweeted me that. I'm not. Shouts out to whoever said that. I'm sorry for stealing your fun fact. But, yeah, it's true. Well, I mean. Uh, I don't know. Never mind. (laughs) Gavin Escobar is a Raven now, too. So get ready for him to just tear the league up, I'm sure, based on the way everybody else is going. So excited. Uh I never once thought that Ezekiel Elliott like looked fat or, you know, I not any different than last year personally. No. no. Um I do think he looked if you want to say slower or indecisive or just not as crisp as he did last year, I do also think that's true. Whether it's because the legal case is weighing on him or he's stressed out about that or the offensive line is different and it just takes a while for that stuff to get going. I think there's probably 18 things that contributed to it. Um, hopefully. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean that, yeah, Sunday was the most he's looked like his rookie self so far this year. Maybe a little bit of that's got to do with, cause you're playing one of the worst teams in the league. I don't know. Or, you know, maybe the offensive lines clicking, you would like, you, you know, you hope that's the reason why we're going to need to see some more. But hopefully it's a trend that continues. So, Do you guys think that maybe – because this is the second year, and he's only been in the league two years, but this is the second year. Last year, the same similar thing happened. He didn't start off hot. He kind of got going as the season went along. Yeah, but that was, that was two weeks. No, I, get, I get it. I, I understand what you're saying. I guess the, my point is, do you think that maybe some of this – and this year I think there were some other factors, obviously, that weren't there last year that could have lengthened the amount of time it took him to get going – most importantly, in my opinion, is the offensive line. But do you think that part of this could be uh, the fact that, you know, it just he doesn't play a lot of preseason games, so it's not like he goes into the season already conditioned and ready to be able to get his best production. And maybe if you played him a little bit more in the preseason, that may, I know you're not a big fan of the preseason, so I get that. But do you think that maybe that could be part of it? And you're, as a coaching staff, you're kind of expect, you're kind of giving up that that time that it'll take him to get going in the season 
because you want to keep him healthy during the preseason. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but I don't agree with it. Okay. Why? I, I did. You looked like uh, you. No, went. go ahead. Just I because first of all, yeah, because I don't want to lose good players in games that don't matter. I said that a million times. I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm fully aware that maybe you lose some things by not giving those guys some reps. But I just I don't I don't buy that. Zeke got every practice rep. I mean, how many practice reps did he get out in Oxnard? Like he was there all summer long getting the vast majority of those carries, taking it to the end zone on his last rep of practice every freaking day. Um, he's an all-pro player. He had 100 yards in his first game of the year. I mean, it's not like it's it's not like he's been off. He's actually been more productive this year at the beginning than, the, than last year, it, right? If, if him running for 111 yards, which I think was his tally against the Giants, uh, is the, I mean, if that's, oh, no, he didn't play during the preseason, so they only ran for 100 yards against the Giants. No, I'm not buying that. I'm sorry. Um, and, and I don't buy that that's the reason why it's been a slow start either. I think, you know, I think a little bit of the off-field has to do with it and just it's, you know, how can that not take up some of your brain space and then getting acclimated to a line that I think we would all agree took has taken longer and has had some more struggles than a lot of people thought. Well, I wouldn't agree with the whole off-field issue kind of interfering with his performance. I do agree, yes, it matters in the weekly pre- preparation, preparing to go against the team, but as far as speed and what he's doing, you know, if he's slow or whatever, I don't think it plays into that because once you're in a game, that's your main focus. But if, if you're you don't doing, prepare well, don't you think that carries over to the game? Yeah, but preparing and and, and studying the uh, the opposing team, that's completely different to how you're going to run and your speed. Well, I'm not saying well, like uh obvious, like it's it, routes yeah, or that, it's but it's not like his it's not like his 40 times going to change because he's distracted by this, but if if he's not preparing the right way, he's not seeing the, you know, he doesn't see the cut when he needs to see it or he's indecisive because he's not sure how that hole's going to open. He's also not able to predict as much because if he if he isn't spending as much time and I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say the time. But if he's a little bit distracted, let's say, and it, and his focus during the week is not in the right place all the time, then maybe he doesn't recognize things as quickly. He doesn't recognize a specific formation that the defense gets into that allows him to know Here's where my crease is going to be. And so he's really having to do it on the fly rather than being able to predict it. So that makes him less fast, right? He's not in and out of the hole as quickly because he doesn't, he isn't able to predict what's going to happen as much as he would if he wasn't distracted. And again, these are all, these are all assumptions that we're making because we think that maybe he's, or we're we're pondering whether he is distracted by this. I don't know that he, that we can say that definitively. I I just want to be clear about that. Which you can even take. If you if that's totally fair, you can take the off field stuff out of it and just talk talk about the line. I mean, how much of that? Not that I've ever played running back, but I got to imagine a lot of it is is muscle memory. You know, like you just like okay, he sealed that right there. I got to go. And I you know I think I I think it was the very first play of the game. It was an inside run. It wasn't there, and I mean he had like he had barely even got the ball in his hands before he made a cut off tackle and took what could have been a one yard gain for about seven. And yep. it's that type of stuff where 
you don't even have time to think about it. It's just gotta, you just like, it's gotta be almost like a muscle reaction. Like, okay, that's there. I'm gone. I gotta do that. But that also comes with knowing, right? I trust that this right tackle is gonna block this way in this kind of situation. And so, as soon as I get the ball, I know where I'm going. I'm gonna get there quick. And that's the part I think that that we're not talking about enough is. This is a new offensive line for him, and he's having to adjust to how does this guy block? How quickly does he get from one block to the next? If he's supposed to get off one guy and get to the second level, how quickly does he do that so I know how to time my run to where I'm right in the right spot so that I take advantage of the block, right? This is random, but I just remember in Super Bowl Super Bowl 40, uh, Willie Parker scored a touchdown. Fast Willie Parker. Scored a touchdown from like 75 yards out. Steelers beat the Seahawks. And remember, somebody – broke down the play just to illustrate for you to score from that far away in the NFL, everything had, I mean, everything has to happen, right? Your offensive line has to get the right blocks. You're going to need a block from your receiver downfield. The running back's going to have to make all of his cuts the right way and make every decision perfectly. And I just, you know, I, I will, I got to go back and find it. Cause I just think it's a really great illustration of everything has to click just the right way for you to really have that type of success in in running the ball in the NFL. And I think you're seeing that. And like I said, it's it's too early to say that they've got it figured out, but it's it's a reasonable guess that, you know, six weeks of playing together, three weeks with Jonathan Cooper, maybe they're starting to get that to where they can all kind of, you know, trust each other and flow the way they need to for this to work. And I agree with all that. And I guess my point here is, yeah, there are certain things that, I mean, there's a lot of different factors that when we're talking about some of these guys, we tend not to consider. But at the same time, there are certain times when you talk about muscle memory and how you're, you should react after playing how long, however long you've been playing. I'm not talking about the NFL, just in the NFL, but in his life. Now, a difference that I did notice, for example, in this past game against the 49ers is... And, I, and we were talking about this, Nick, even in the fakes, you could see with how much speed he would just take off, even with him not even having the ball, he's just faking it. And that was a big difference. You would see that in other games, and he wouldn't necessarily react like that. He would just kind of take off slow. And I think there, there has been a big change now, and that's why I'm kind of referring to him being the whole off the field issue. I mean, yes, it affects you, but there are certain things that it shouldn't affect you, especially when you're doing, I know for me, when you're doing something that you're passionate about and and being in an environment that you love. And for me, for example, that would say painting. When I'm painting, that's my main focus. I forget about the whole world. I mean, time could be flying by. I forget I'm in my own environment. And I feel like when you're really doing what you love, and you're in that setting, you forget about everything else, and your main focus is what you're doing. That's a good point. So, but the only thing is, is that there's a maturity difference, obviously, um, with Zeke and a lot of people, you know, and, and, and I think that's something that he's just he's got to get better. He's got to be more mature on and off the field, and and when you're he's getting there. We hope, we hope so. You know, <laughs> I mean, we, if this has, if this doesn't humble him, then I don't know what will. But I think it has. Yeah, I think it has too. And 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 I, I've gained a little bit more respect for him. Not that I didn't have any, but I'm just saying, when all this stuff, it's real easy to to just say I'm not going to sit and I'm not going to talk to the media or whatever. Now he doesn't love it. 
But he stands up there and does it. And that's more than some of the other guys in this locker room can Way say. more veteran than he is. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and, and I don't have a problem saying it. I mean, Des Bryant, he wants to be like the leader and, 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 a, and a spokesman and all this. He needs to talk. He needs to talk after the good games, after the bad games. He needs to stand up there because when you don't do that, you, you're forcing your other teammates to have to sit there and, and answer those questions. And when things are going bad and you have you have a bad loss against the Giants and half the team doesn't talk, you're putting all the onus on the other guys to stand up there. They don't have the answers either. They don't know why they lost. So I just think that, you know, and, and Dez, you know, and, and we talked about this the other day, Dez set a record or tied a record for Cowboys, you know, touchdowns and you know, he should have stood up there and talked, and for whatever the reason, he didn't. And 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 so some guys do that, and that's fine. They don't have to sp- speak. But I respect Zeke for all the stuff and all the questions he gets. I respect him standing in front of his locker every time and facing the music. He does it. Yep. And, and to be honest with you, there aren't a whole lot of guys on this team, and this has been throughout the years, that are like that, that, that really will consistently, good or bad, Stand up there every time and take the tough questions. And I know sometimes fans want to say, well, they don't need to talk to you guys. But the fact of the matter is this is the business. And the business is this is an entertainment business. And that means that in order to entertain the masses, they want to know, the people that pay the dollars, they want to know from the players what their thoughts were on what just happened. Well, and so and they have a responsibility. It's about more than that, too. Like, yeah, it's frustrating for us when players don't want to talk, but – it says it's not about the quotes. It's about what that says about you as a you know a member of the locker room and a leader in the in the team and the organization and accountability. You know that's and, that's how you earn those stripes is by being willing to do those types of things that you don't necessarily want to do. And you know everybody is different, and and the the situation is different than than when we started, you know, when I started covering the team because you know now like. Des Bryant, and he's not afraid to do that. Des Bryant can voice his own opinion, and he does. And he, you know, he through social media, they they can announce his own news and his own thoughts. Um, so, you know, a lot of times I think players take that avenue. It's like I'm not necessarily talking to you guys, but I'll sit there and I'll say what I want to say on my own terms. And so. that's part of the problem, though, is that yeah. when you do that, then you don't. You're not really being accountable. Yeah. You're saying what you want to say rather than ask, answering the tough question. Right. Because you're not going to get out there and just be like, man, yeah, I suck today. Like, you're not going to do that most of the time, I wouldn't think. And so, you know, there's nobody that's holding you accountable to what the product was on the field and asking you the questions about the things you don't want to talk about that do need to be discussed. Right. Well, this right. wasn't really about Des, but it was about the fact that, that, that Zeke is showing some maturity in, in other ways that, that, you know, that we haven't really, that you don't always notice. Yep. Yep. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back tomorrow. Can I say something real quick? Sure, absolutely. It's off topic. I just wanted to mention this real quick. Jalen Smith, he posted a picture uh, on his Twitter account. He's bidding some of his custom uh, custom cleats and some game-worn gloves. All proceeds benefit the Salvation Army in relief efforts for Puerto Rico. Oh, cool. Just a reminder that people out there still don't have drinking water and still struggle, struggling with having power and energy in the island. So if you're interested in winning some cleats and some game-worn gloves, go check out Jalen Smith's Twitter, at the Jalen Smith. And there's a link there that you can check it out. Really, really great work by, by Jalen. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people who are doing some great work down there. I, I think I read yesterday, it's like 
just some crazy percentage of people that still don't have power. And this is weeks after, imagine oh, yeah. that, for weeks, still don't have power and Gotta still don't have water. Yeah, exactly. And, and you still don't have water, still don't have power. So it is a it is a dire situation down there. Do what you can to help out. I think it's a good cause, obviously. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow, 930, regular time. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!